We hate him. We hate him. We hate him. We don't like him. Hey, let's play some. Let's play some basketball, man. Think about Coach Self or Coach Leipold going into the student section and holding up a sign talking about a school that you haven't played in for however long. Like it's all bark, no bite, uh, which is typical for for Mizzou. A uh, bunch of dorks, and uh, I think I think that they they uh, they don't have any room to speak. And we're going to show that the last two games are how this this rivalry is going to remain. Dad used to tell me all the time. He used to tell me all the time. Son, don't worry about the mules. Just load the wagon. What's up, everybody? If you are a college football fan like me, if you know a college football fan that's in your life, you need to go cop this shirt. New designs dropping all the time. It's the perfect gift with the holiday season coming around. If you don't have this thing, you're missing out. Great material, great fabric. I wear it all the time. Go get yours today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Rock Chalk Unplugged. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Tehan. Excited for another episode. Got to talk about the game against UConn, but also we got to look forward to the game against Mizzou. Uh, obviously, we don't like those guys, and we're excited to share a little bit about why we don't like those guys with you guys today. But uh, before we get started, Chris, let's talk about UConn, talk about how the guys played. Uh, give us what your thoughts were on that, and then, and then I'll give you my take. It was fantastic. I mean, from the beginning of the game, the crowd was absolutely rocking. We fed off that energy very, very well. We had them so sped up in the first 18 minutes of that game. And that's kind of the way I thought we were going to play the whole season. We haven't really had that intensity. Um, and we sped them up great. I mean, they, they didn't result in a ton of steals, a ton of turnovers, but it just resulted in bad shots. And against a team like UConn, it's really hard to get those turnovers and steals. So, Coming away from that game was all positives for me. It shows us that we can compete at a Final Four level. Uh, whether we can sustain that over the course of the year, playing this not the greatest competition we saw last night against UMKC. Um, but I, I, I came away with all positives. And uh, I want to give a special shout-out to KJ Adams. You know what? It has been a terrible, not terrible couple of weeks for him, but I'm sure he's in a very hard mental state. Um, and he played like an absolute man. He played out there. He... He pretty much closed out the game with those free throws. He had the energy that brought a bunch of times where we were kind of stagnant in our offense and stagnant on defense where he gave some energy plays and then showed his energy to the crowd. I think everyone fed off of that. I think that dude, um, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, KJ, I appreciate you being a Kansas Jayhawk. Uh, I'm still thinking and praying for your family, and uh, I hope you continue the rest of the season. Yeah, talk about a guy that is so tough, uh, not only physically but mentally. Uh, he's, he has a great family. Uh, I've got to know them uh, through our time together. And I, I know KJ, he's a fighter, and, and I'm, I'm so proud of, proud of him. Uh, speaking on the UConn game, I, I thought that it was pretty impressive that, that we were able to, to pull out a win against a, a top-five team when they have one of their best players go for 31. Like, I, think, I think that's something that, that says a lot about, about our team and, and says that we're able to persevere when, when not everything's going right. When, when, when you have somebody else on another team that feels like they can't miss – and that many times that can be demoralizing for a team. Uh, I think back to games that we played at Kansas when, when guys got really hot and, and, and were, were pouring in buckets and we were able to, to kind of put out the fire and, and, and uh, win the game in the end. Uh, obviously, I think Hunter, he, he was a monster. Uh, KJ, absolute beast. Uh, I also think that, that, that Juan did what he needed to do. I, I think the other problem we talked about this in, in the past podcast was – was that we need more uh, production out of guys six through six through nine? I, th- I think that there needs to be 
more minutes out of them. Uh, even if they don't, they don't have to score a lot. They just have to guard and, and give the guys that are playing 37 minutes a game right now the ability to take a, a minute breather or a two-minute breather. And I think Coach Self is so good at that that, that those guys will eventually get more confidence and be able to, to play those minutes that we need them to play. But right now, uh, we've got guys that are tired, and, and I think that recovery and getting getting spot minutes is, gonna, is really going to help us uh, win, win big games. And we haven't really talked about him a lot, and he's been going on an absolute tear, Kevin McCuller. I mean, he's been playing out of his mind. He did it again last night. Offensively, his game took a leap, and it's, he showed it against the best competition in the country, and he's proven it even against these games where it's hard to really get up and get going for, like these home games against Eastern Illinois and UMKC. So big props to Kevin McCuller. I'm really enjoying watching him play. He plays a fun brand of basketball. You know what? The much of his production that he's given on the offensive side of the ball He's still playing great defensively. Appreciate it, Mitch and Chris. Before we get back to Raw Chalk, I got to tell you guys about the best way to make money on sports. I've been in search of the best way to fire on sports for the last year or so. I've tried every sports book, all the different apps, but Prize Picks is the best way to make money on sports. On Prize Picks, you pick players and not teams. Each player has a set total stat projection. So let's say Patrick Mahomes has a higher or lower than 220 passing yards. If you think he's going to have more, you just click on more when it hits you make a bunch of money. I just hit a four-player pick them last night, 10x in my money, 100 bucks to win 1,000. And the best part is you can go to prizefix.com slash rockchalk and use the code rockchalk for a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's prizefix.com slash rockchalk. Use the promo code rockchalk for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Who knows what you can turn that 100 bucks into? I turned mine into 1,000 last night. Let me know what you do in the comments. I mean, if you look at most of the shots that in the UConn game that were made, they're all last five seconds of the shot clock, heavily contested shots. Those shots don't go in. That game's a lot different story because it is a 15 to 20 point blowout. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my thing. I saw it was a lot of the end of shot clock. I think Coach Self alluded to it at his halftime talk saying, hey, we got to stop. We got to be better and solid. But also something that me and you had talked about seeing, thinking that we needed to do better to make that next step was guarding ball screens. And Hunter guarded ball screens great. We had, we hard hedged. We downed a lot better. He was getting to level the ball and not backing up. And that really negated their guards. Their whole game plan was to get downhill at him. And he was stopping that. We were making them get screens outside of the, outside of the cylinder. So they were having to go against the sideline, being an extra defender. And you had a seven foot two Hunter Dickinson right there who was turked up. So big props to Hunter again. That game was so much fun to watch. I wish I could have been there. I was actually in Lambeau Field this weekend, but it was, so much fun to watch is typical Kansas basketball. And, uh, and it, I, I, I could not be more excited for the way that the season's going. I, uh, I saw a tweet on Twitter. It said that we have a first team all American. We might have, we might have the national player of the year, but our best player is, is as of right now has been Kevin McCuller most consistent. So I think that's pretty, that's pretty crazy how you're going to have a national player of the year, but our best player, arguably one of, our best player, if not one of our best players, is Kevin McCuller, who has the potential to be a first-team All-American. Like, been playing his butt off, big shot after big shot, uh, giving his team a chance to win every game. He does it offensively. He does it defensively. Can't say enough good things about him. Uh, Chris, let's move on. We want to talk a little bit about 
the, the game coming up. Obviously, it, it is uh, it is Mizzou hate week. We uh, we don't like those guys. We we've got some some great stories to, to share with you guys uh, about our time playing against playing against Mizzou and uh, the uh, how much it means to, to guys on our team and how much how much it means to our staff. So, Chris, let let let, let you take it away and uh, let's 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 get it rolling. So, I mean, I've been a Kansas fan my whole life. My brother played here, obviously, for five years. So my hatred for Mizzou runs deep. I lived on the state line for a countless for countless years, really 23 years of my life. Um, never made the trek over to Missouri until this year. And this is what I'll say. And this is what I challenge every one of our listeners, every one of the Kansas fans to do this week. Boycott Missouri. I live in Missouri. I'm going to go spend the week at my parents' house. I'm not touching here. I'm not giving any money to their economy. Norm Stewart, the great coach at Missouri, I, I, it hurts me to even say great coach at Missouri. But when they would come play Kansas and Lawrence, they would make sure their hotels were in Kansas City, Missouri. They would fill their gas up in Missouri uh, gas stations. They would eat food in Missouri. You weren't allowed to eat in Kansas because they would not give money to the Kansas economy. I think that's something we should we should all try to do this next week. I know you guys want to go to the Pina. I know you guys want to go to Gates Barbecue. I think those are all in Missouri's. Let's wait a week. No money to the Missouri economy. It's Mizzou hate week. But I have a little bit of history on here. I'm sure everybody's looked up the history of Mizzou basketball, Kansas basketball, the rivalry, the border war. But I, I looked it up, and the first thing you see on Google when you look up the border war, Kansas and Missouri, it is, in bold letters, a series of violent, civil confrontations in Kansas territory through the Civil War before, during, and after. So that's how deep this rivalry runs, bloodshed. I mean, in the early years, I think in the 1920s, most of the football games would have, or in the early 1900s, would have the Civil War soldiers from both sides be on the sideline of the Kansas and Missouri football games. So this rivalry is not only about sports, about competition, but it's also about the bloodshed and the wrongdoing that the guerrilla warfare had on the University of Kansas, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas. And that's kind of how we got the name, the Jayhawks. The Jayhawkers were the guys who protected Lawrence. And uh, you know what? I, I found a little funny thing as well is that after the bleeding Kansas, after they came over to Lawrence, burned down all of Lawrence, Missouri was so scared that they fled every one of the western Missouri bordering Kansas cities. They fled them. They depopulated them. They were so worried about a counterattack. And I think that's kind of what they did when they left the conference. We've been in the same conference for over a hundred years and KU basketball had just absolutely dominated them. And so what they did is they said, okay, we beat them that we, we we're, we're having a good year now. We're going to play them really close, but guess what? We're so scared of the retaliation that we're going to run. We're going to put our, we're going to put our little tiger tails between our legs and we're going to run to the SEC. So that's where my hatred comes from. Mitch, where, where did your hatred from Mizzou come from? For me, I've been a Kansas fan my entire life growing up, and, and I had seen how much it meant to so many people playing against Missouri, uh, whether it be from my aunts and uncles or my parents telling me, like, hey, we're Jayhawk fans. We don't, we don't like Mizzou. Uh, but the thing I, I, I think back to is I think back to the times that we played against Kansas. When we did it in 2017 for the Hurricane Relief uh, Exhibition, and then we did it in 2021 when we played them in the field house for the very first time that the rivalry was back. Both of, the, both of those times, we've had ex-players come and talk to us, reach out to us, and tell us how much this game means to them and how much this means to everyone around Lawrence, everyone, everyone in the state of Kansas. Uh, like they've said before, K-State is a rivalry. Mizzou is a war. There is no, there is no love lost. 
and they are on the wrong side of history. Yeah, if you look at it, you think back to to Quantrill's raid and and uh, and and the Civil War. They are on the wrong side of history, and I think that it's it's great to be known that the Jayhawkers were the people that were fighting for the freedom, and fighting for freedom, and uh, they were not. Yeah, and so okay, we talked about the twenty twenty one game, and. Just kind of the hype leading up to it. You said that former players had reached out to you and reached out to all of us. I think Scott Pollard gave us a little spiel on everything. I won't say what he had to say because I think we've all heard it. He uses some choice words in there that I don't know that we're probably allowed to use on this podcast. But, hey, the hatred runs, runs, runs deep. I remember when uh, my brother Connor was playing, the only away game that my parents would not allow me to go to was the Mizzou-Kansas game because they would physically have the antlers come down at halftime while the families were going to get concessions and sit there, middle finger them, F you, F this, get in their faces. And I actually got a little taste of it my last year. They thought I was old enough. Uh, Connor's last year's fifth year. That was the last one ever um, for what we thought before they left for the SEC. And I went and I went to the concession stance and I had grown men, 40 year old men, four teeth come out of their mouth, fat belly button hanging out of their shirt, walking up to an 11 year old kid and my little brother who was eight years old at the time and every name in the book. I learned all the cuss words I know today are because of Mizzou fans at the last Kansas Mizzou game in Columbia. So I just think it speaks to who they are as people. I uh, think speaks to who they are as fans. You look at coach Dink, drink last year um, with the signs, the FBI raids and whatever. And then, he runs scared from us in the bowl game. So I think they're, we're the big brother. They're the little brother. They've always been on the wrong side of history. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, those are my stories that I remember. And so that, that's what uh, I hate I hate about them so much. I have some friends that go to Mizzou. My roommate's actually a Mizzou guy. And uh, that's why I'm just, hey, I won't talk to him this week. I won't look at him this week. It pains me to even say Mizzou. I I hate Tigers. I think I just want to call them the kitties the rest of the week. And I hope that all this smack that we're talking, I believe that it will be is, hey, you thought we got up for the UConn game? You get up for the Missouri game. You get up for the Missouri game. The fans, they're already camping out again. The energy is going to be un, it's going to be off the charts again on Saturday. Uh, I mean, Mitch, 50, 50 point win, 60 point win. It's got to be a statement. I think all the guys on the team understand that, hey, it needs to be a statement. Our starting point guard is somebody that understands the the gravity of the situation. So I'm excited to see how they handle their business. Chris, I want to go back. We, we kind of skipped it. We kind of went over it a little quickly. The Drinkowitz stuff, holding up the, oh, five little one violations. Like, we need to edit in a picture of that sign right here and talk about how he was running from us running from playing against us in the Liberty Bowl. On credible sources, he was running from playing the Kansas Jayhawks in football. So I, get, I think something like that, uh, it's all bark, no bite, uh, which is typical for, for Mizzou. A uh, bunch of dorks, and uh, I, think, I think that they, they, uh, they don't have any room to speak. And we're going to show that the last two games are how this, this rivalry is going to remain. And you know what? After the first year series of games uh, in the in the Kansas in the KU Mizzou rivalry in basketball that just got renewed, um, we started beating them so bad they wanted to schedule us in football. And so I think we have a we we have a schedule from twenty six to thirty two or something like that. I can't remember the exact date. So they're trying to get their get back. Um, and I think that with the coach drink stuff, uh, I think they forget that. They actually were bowl ineligible for a little bit, weren't they? With their violations in the academic department. 
they had some. I don't remember hundred percent. I don't remember hundred percent, but I do remember. I, I remember the stories. And so, I mean, the same thing we've talked about with the Kansas State fans. They're throwing stones from a glass house. They sat here and actually got got a postseason ban, I think, in two sports, and had a big national headline leading scandal. That you know what they will just completely forget about that, but. You know, Kansas stuff that nothing really came from it except for a couple losses. I mean, it's Chris, just, I it, want you to I want you to think about this. Think about think about Coach Self or Coach Leipold going into the student section and holding up a sign talking about a school that you haven't played in for however long. Like how immature is that? Like you're a, like you. You are a high major coach at a high major university, and you're going to be standing in the student section holding up signs about opposing teams. Like that—that that is the low of the low. Uh, I, I think of it's corny. I think of how immature that that can be, and I think that our coaches would never do something that would never stoop that low. No, it's corny, and he has a history of being corny. I'm not trying to get on the football side of things because obviously this is a basketball game, but he's done a bunch of corny things over the years. I mean, he ha- he holds the sign. If you were to see one of our coaches do that, if Coach Self came and did that, he would have gotten crucified by national media. He was holding <laughs> I stand on business. I stand on business. He was holding it when we were beating him by 35. That's like that's like making a that's like scoring a touchdown in the last two minutes of a football game when you guys are down 50 and then having a team celebration in the end zone, like, let's go, yeah, yeah. You guys are getting your ass kicked. There should be no, oh, let's talk, let's talk our stuff now because I made a good player, whatever, whatever you want to say. And then he's sitting there talking stuff on national media as well, saying, hey, he I think he tweeted a picture of him flying over Kansas. Uh, flying over Lawrence at one point or flying over um, uh, Memphis saying we aren't scared of anybody, we don't run from anybody, and then try to flip it on us. And then the bowl committee who ran the Liberty Bowl, didn't they have to come out and say that, hey, no, like Mizzou declined to play in this bowl game? Yeah, it's a shock. Imagine that. Like you said, running with their tails between their legs. Running uh, with their they, tails. They run in the middle of the night, pillage and raid, and then uh, and then they run out scared once, uh, out scared. once they find somebody they're on the best. So their, I, I, I think that that's, that's I think that that's immature. Uh, I think that they this whole rivalry, even when we talked about when this rivalry came back, uh, we all know that there's people within within our side of it that, that thought that it, it coming back was not a good idea because they tucked tail and they ran. Why do we need to give them the revenue from playing against Kansas again? Uh, that's something that I think uh, isn't talked about enough. Uh, am I glad that we're playing against Mizzou and, and we're beating their ass every time we play against them? Yeah, I'm glad that we're doing that Love again. It. But at the same point in time, why do we even give them the light of day? Like those people, they, they ran off to the SEC. They took a great thing of, of the Mizzou-Kansas rivalry and, and they just pissed it down the drain. So I, I think that the fact that that we just – I think it's okay that we, we welcome them back in, in, into playing, playing us in a home-at-home. Home, but also at the same point in time, I think that – I, I think that it's not said enough how scared they were when they left in 2012. And it, the, 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 the rivalry came back. And during the time the rivalry came back, I think their, their enrollment was down 8%. 
Um, the revenue from their sports teams had not been doing as well. They had had a tough time outside of their first two years in the SEC of really competing on the football side of things, which is their big cash grab. So I do think I, I think it was a cash grab. We try to keep the rivalry going after they left in 2012. And also, we were in the same conference for over 100 years. 1907 to 2012, Kansas and Missouri are a staple of being in the same conference together. And they picked up and left because they thought they were better than us. Now, every time I watch them get their asses kicked, it's by completely opposite teams. Like teams I don't like, don't watch, don't care about. As long as they're beating the crap out of Mizzou, it, it warms my heart. And uh, it seems that that's happening more and more these days. Yeah, and I mean, hey, they've had a great year in football. I will not take that away from them. And I also don't want – I don't want you guys to keep tweeting at me all week just for me to not reply to you guys because I don't care about you. And then us beat you guys by 30 and be like, oh, we would kick your butt in football, man. I mean, that's like just kind of how it goes. And I think Kansas State fans will love it if I say this. If K-State played Mizzou right now and you were like, Chris, hey, here's two tastes of the game. This may be a little far, but I'm probably showing up in purple. You have to. Oh, if, no, if you there's, no choice, like, <laughs> there's no K-State brandy, but I'm showing up in a purple shirt. If you if you give me the choice, wear black and gold or or wear purple. I'm as much as much shit as I talk on K-State. There's absolutely no way in hell I'm wearing black and gold. Like that's that's not going to happen. I wear a, I'd wear the uh, I'd wear the purple way before I wear anything Mizzou related. Purple, purple tuxedo, I'll wear that proudly for that game. But let's also talk about the colors. So this last week, I don't know, Mitch, if you've known this because you've been in Belgium, but the governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly, tried to release a new license plate. And the license plate was Laura, gold. She's, she's awesome. She's awesome. I gave she's her a hug after we won the national championship. Love her I need death. her to change it back. I need her to change it back. Laura, for, for Chris and I, tweet this clip. Tweet this clip to her. No, they already did it. They already did it. Tweet That's this. How much, we're making a new clip. Tweet you know, it to her. Saying, they, already, they already changed it back. They already they already said she got so much backlash. And this is where it's at. Like, I feel bad for Laura Kelly because that was obviously not her thought process. She didn't, she's not coming in here. She knows that we hate Mizzou, but she's not and thinking I doubt she's even in charge of it. Yeah, I mean, but she got so much flack that they actually took back the idea of doing it in that colors. And I think that shows how much the hatred runs through them. I mean, they see a dark Navy and a yellow license plate. And they're like, hell no. Mizzou colors. I'm not, I'm not getting a new license plate. You're on, if I get a new car, I'm getting it registered somewhere else. I mean, that's how much the hate runs through, through the veins of every Kansas person. I mean, I think even the K-State fans are kind of on board with that as well. Hey, K-State hates them too. Like that's one thing that I think, I think that K-State and Kansas can go arm in arm on. Is that we hate Mizzou and and we think that we think that they're below us and which they are. And okay, so I mean, this is just us ranting pretty much about how much we hate Mizzou. I've had a cup of coffees, and uh, just even thinking about it gets me going. I mean, I could sit here and talk for the next six hours about how much I hate them, why I hate them, the the interactions I've had with fans. Um, but let's talk about the 2021 I want, I want to game. ask the fans this. When this video drops, I want this clip to come out. I want you to, down below, tell us your craziest Mizzou interaction, whether it be with a fan, whether it be with a representative from Mizzou. Tell us the reason that you dislike them. We've told you plenty of ours. Let us know what yours is down below. Hey, I love that idea. I can't wait to read those. Those are going to be fantastic because everybody has a story.
But hey, let's talk about right. the, let's talk about the first home game that we played against Mizzou since they left the conference, and that is 2021. And you obviously we blew them out of the gym. It was it was a great time. I mean, the arena was absolutely jumping. We we had that one circled on our uh, on our calendars. I think arguably that's probably our second biggest win that year outside of the national championship. I mean, we would give away almost every other one to. Yeah, we had Division two teams put up a better fight than they did. We did. We really did. I mean, yeah. And so, but let's go through the locker room before the game. Christian Brown. He, he, his mom played at Mizzou. His dad went to Mizzou. His brother Parker, love Parker now, rock chalk baby, played at Mizzou to start. He hated them so much. And oh, the that family does before, not like Mizzou. That family does not like Mizzou much. They, they, <laughs> they do they, not like them very much. His mom is like a legendary player there as well. And so for her to have to take back her love for the university that she played for and sweat, blood, tears for four years, that shows that something's up. But CB in the locker room before the game looks at us and goes, it's over. It's over before it started. And just was like, I'm going off. This game will be over in the first six minutes. I think the thing that for me, when when that game started, you look down at the other end and you always know when you have the other team, like if you've got them, if they're sitting there during the warmups, staring like this up at the up the video board when they play the uh, when they play the intro, and as soon as you see their team just sitting there completely like not paying attention to their coach and like up at the video board, it's over. You know you've got them. Like moments too big, buildings too big, too much energy. Uh, that's that, in my in my opinion, I think that that's the coolest thing. One of the coolest things about Allen Fieldhouse is that, is that you can judge how you've got a team by just staring down there in, in the warmups. And uh, I think that that's, that's so special. I think the guys on the team this year don't like him. The guys in the past don't like him. And I think Jayhawks to come don't like him. And, hey, even if they even if they have no idea about the rivalry, there will be enough people in that building this week that will be sitting there telling them the extent of how much we hate them, telling them, hey, if you guys lose this game, if you guys don't play up to the ability, if you guys aren't sitting there hyped up to play this game, then we don't like you as Kansas alumni because that is how much it meant to them. Um, And, yeah, I I think that in a rivalry game, too, you don't get scared coming into the game. And they have looked terrified the last two years. They've come out flat. They came out knowing that, oh, hey, our job is to keep this game close. And that's not the mindset to have. And they that that's the mindset they've been having to start to start this rivalry again. I mean, I think you would agree. Um, last year was another beatdown. I didn't get to watch that game, but uh, I, I guess I didn't miss much. No, I, the only thing you missed is is a complete ass whooping. Uh, I think the guys on our team they understand that this means more. It means more to us than than uh, I think it does to them because we we're actually out there we take it seriously we're actually a program that has uh, aspirations for for titles and that's something that they don't so Mitch we alluded to the 2021 game I mean obviously both of us played in it how, what was your mindset going in that game how how excited were you to play and did that ref, be ref, was that reflected in the uh, the way that you played the game no I, for me beforehand I, I I understood the the gravity of the situation. Uh, in practice that whole week, I think that there were guys on our team that, that understood it. You think about Oach, you think about uh, you think about CB, you think about yourself, Dewan. Like there was not a lack of experience on on the 21, 2021 team. 
So I think everyone in there understood how much it means to so many different people and how much it means to us. Because it meant, it, meant, it meant something to me. It means something to you. It meant something to CB. It meant something to Oach. Like everyone on that team had, had something on their shoulder for that game. I think that uh, we went out there, we handled business. My whole thing was like when we were lining up in that tunnel, running out onto that field, onto that court, it was almost like you were, like you were seeing red the entire time. You're so locked in, but at the same point in time, like we were out for blood. We were out, we were out there. We were, we were, we were going, we were going for the neck from the front, from the, from the first jump ball. And I think that goes, that shows uh, CB got us off to a great start. Uh, and we were able to really open that lead, open that lead wide open. Uh, you, you were able to get out there and, and, and put some punishment down. So what was that like, Chris, get, getting out there, putting us over the, over the century mark. What, what, what did that mean to you? Uh, well, I mean, it meant an absolute ton. I, I told everyone before the game that week, I was like, I felt like I was going to get the opportunity to come in the game. We were we were super, super locked in. After CB said this game's going to be open in the first over in the first six minutes, I looked at the locker room. I was like, I got to do something after I hit my three today. And I was like, you're going to hit one? I was like, I'm getting in. I'm going to play. I'm going to play like five minutes, and I'm going to get one in. He's like, what should I do? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to smoke a victory cigar on him. I told I called my shot to everyone in the locker room. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them know we smoked them. I'm going to smoke the victory cigar. I'm gonna. I honestly wanted to ash it on the ground and just be like, "Hey, it's done." But yeah, dude, that's where that came from. I mean, I called my shot. I mean, we all knew that we were gonna get the opportunity to go out there and play a little bit of basketball because I thought felt like that. That's how locked in we were, and the level of competition they were they were uh, bringing in down fields was just not gonna be enough for how turned up we were. So that's something I. That's probably. I mean, I could. I would. You can take away every other shot I made in Allen Fieldhouse, and that one meant the most to me. Um, the Mizzou rivalry still means the most to me. It is, it is, it was definitely something that I look back on my career, and I will never ever forget that. And I think that a lot of the Kansas fans won't either. Um, that was a ton of fun. The key, I think, for the game is is we need to keep our keep our composure. We uh, we can be hyped, but we can't get too hyped. We have to understand mm-hmm. that we are. We are the best basketball team on the court that day, and we need to go out there and play like it. And and once we start, once we handle our business, then we can have some fun. Get, then we then we can have some fun. But until then, we need to be locked in. And uh, I think that's something that we did in 2021. I think that's something that we did in in 2022. And, and I think we, that's something that we can do this year. Yeah. And so hey, we already had the UConn game this last weekend. Allen Fieldhouse was going absolutely berserk. I think we actually broke some of the infrastructure. That's how loud we were getting and jumping around. Do you think that this environment will be even more crazy than it was on Saturday? I think Saturday was absolutely bonkers. Uh, I think that the fans were were insane. We were loud. Uh, the play backed it up. But I think that we haven't seen anything yet. I think Mizzou has potential to – I'm going to I'm going to say this and, and this means a lot to me. It has potential to break the the indoor noise record that we set back in 2017 against against uh, West Virginia. That's how much it means to to our fans and, and I'd be interested to see if the, if they can set that record again. And I I definitely agree with you. There is there is no doubt in my mind that we will break it at some point in that game. I don't think they checked for it the whole game, but if they did, I think that we'd blow it out of the water. Um, I think that we're going to come out there, we're going to play great. And, you know, the pregame festivities coming up to this game, they play their little montage where they say it's the molasses from Missouri. He's like, I don't want anything from Missouri. There's a taint about it. And then there's the Simpsons where he has the flag. 49 stars. I'll be, I'll <laughs> I'll be, be cold dead in the grave I'll, before I ever recognize Missouri. I recognize Missouri. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, 
I think we got we we got to go out there. We got to handle our business, and and I think that this team has the the opportunity to really uh, to put it to them. Uh, Chris, what would be your what would be your uh, projection for the game? What do you think the final score is going to be, and uh, how bad do you think we're going to kick their ass? You know what i I love. I mean, I'm thinking right now if they can get to 62, then they'll keep it within 30 points. If they can't get it up to 60, we're going to score 95 points. And this is one thing I want to bring to your attention because Hunter's been playing with a chip on his shoulder, and you know he's bought in on Kansas. That dude's – Oh, he was fired up playing against UMKC. You think he's going to be fired up against Missouri? Like, what? How many times will he have to be separated? Because they have a seven foot five big guy. Uh, I don't know how great he is, but I think they're going to be trying to be physical down there with Hunter. That's where the game starts. If you can't stop Hunter, the game's already gone. So I think they're going to be very physical. Over Are you under talking about the guy trying to take a cheap shot on me? What? Are you talking about the big guy that tried to take a cheap shot on me? No, it's a different. It's a different big guy. They have a seven foot five guy. No, he's, the seven foot five one was there. Oh, he was still. He was there. If it's the same guy, I think it was. He was the one that elbowed me in the head trying to like set the tone or some shit like that. Well, got okay, to do that to Hunter. <laughs> That's Hunter will whoop his ass. Hunter will have eat him. Hunter will have barbecue chicken. Please let him guard him. Do me a favor. Let him guard him. Good how luck. Many, how many times are they going to have to separate KJ and Hunter? from whoever on the Mizzou team who does something. Because I know Hunter – or KJ obviously always plays mad. He's his brother's keeper. If you say something to somebody, KJ's responding. And Hunter was lit last night playing the University of Kansas City, Missouri. So over under two times we get separated. I know there's bad blood already. He's going to oh, buy into it. I'm gonna, I'm, I have to smash you over on that. There's, there's no way that, that this game doesn't mean enough to where it's going to be a couple times where I think things will get chippy. Uh, but also, I can be the devil, devil's advocate on that. I think that we could jump out to a massive lead early and uh, and really trounce them. So I, I think that there's an opportunity for uh, for us to take the uh, the air out of their sails pretty quick. Yeah, and Mitch, what's what's your? I mean, what's your projected? Give me a final score. Give me a uh, how rocking it's going to be in there. Just give me your outlook on the game. What are we going to witness on Saturday? First off, this is going to be this is going to be one of the most electric games in the last ten years. Uh, I think that the buildup from the past two games has meant something. I think the buildup from uh, Dorkowitz talking crap about about KU means something. I think that fans are starting to know to understand that hey, rivalry is back, and it means more than it does. Than it, it means more than ever. Uh, I think the guys on our team understand. I think Coach Self has, has done a great job of, of making sure our guys are locked into the fact that this this means more. And uh, if I had to guess, I would say a final score of 91 to 60. They deserve it. They're on the wrong side of history. And uh, the Jayhawkers are on the right side of it. Yes, sir. It's going to be it's going to be bleeding Kansas in Lawrence this weekend, but it is not going to be any of the Kansas people. It's going to be all, it's going to be all them, all those little kitty cats that are over there that usually run with their tail between their legs. So it'll be a lot of fun to get some, uh, get revenge on them again. I mean, I think we're up 139 to something in the rivalry. So, Hey, until we reach 200, that's not nearly enough of revenge for us. Let's make some bloodshed out on the court this week, not violence wise, but let's run up the score. All right, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in. This game means a lot to so many damn people. Make sure you're there. If you can go to the game, get tickets, go to the game, be loud. 
Don't spend no damn money in Missouri. Uh, we don't like them. We won't ever like them. And uh, from Chris and Mitch, it's, uh, it's down with Mizzou this week. Down with Mizzou this week. Hey, the 49 states against one this week. Let's go. Rock chalk, Rock baby. Rock chalk, baby.